0: Can you turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 33 and the very familiar words of verse 27 where we read, the eternal God is your dwelling place and underneath are the everlasting. to think about two things secure in God and sustained by God the eternal God is your dwelling place or your refuge I'd like tonight to address the somewhat sensitive subject of lack of assurance. Somebody once said to me that they struggled to sing our opening item of praise, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Because when it came to the words this is my story, this is my song, the line that this person would sing under their breath was not praising my Saviour all the day long, but doubting my Saviour all the day long. I wonder if tonight, might it be that some of us are harboring doubts, fears and uncertainties as we approach the Lord's Supper.
1: Maybe some of us struggle
0: to take Jesus at his word. Maybe some of us tonight struggle to truly believe that we are recipients of eternal life. And that we shall never ever perish. That we are safe, that we are secure in the hands of the Lord Jesus. Do you struggle to embrace the promises of God? All of which are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. Well, The Bible is bulging with many, many words of assurance. And perhaps maybe that's what some of us need to hear tonight. Words that will assure us of God's love for us through Christ Jesus our Lord. Well, the words of, Jeremiah are of uh, Deuteronomy, chapter 33, verse 27, no exception. Because we are told in no uncertain terms that we are, in Christ, secure. And that's Moses' final word to a somewhat vulnerable, apprehensive Israel. Secure in God, so you are, Moses says to God's people, on the threshold of the promised land. Now, homelessness and insecurity, as you well know, go hand in hand. But homelessness and insecurity is not in any way unique to our 21st century world, because it was a reality of course, for ancient Israel here in in Deuteronomy 33. Here on the pages of the Old Testament, the children of Israel have as yet no permanent refuge, dwelling place, or homeland that they can call their own. However, here in verse 27, Moses, in his final blessing of Israel, and just before he enters his eternal rest as is uh, highlighted in chapter 34 he assures the people of Israel of something infinitely better than the turf of the promised land that awaits them. He says to them that the eternal God is their dwelling place. It's a remarkable statement in itself. Yes, there is the tabernacle, I hear you say. And its symbolic significance, of course, points in certain terms to the God of Israel. The tabernacle is the dwelling place of God. It's a striking emblem through which God reveals himself And dwells here among his people where he makes his presence felt and known. But here, the language is with direct reference to God himself. There is something profoundly personal about the words of Moses here. The infinite, eternal, and unchangeable God is their divine dwelling place. The Lord God who tabernacles amongst Israel is their dwelling place, not the tabernacle itself. Their refuge, their sanctuary is in the God of all grace. And it is in him and in him alone they reside and they abide. Yes, that they'll soon remove and they'll cross the journey into the promised land under the direction of uh, Joshua under the superintendence of God's sovereign leading at his word they will, they, they, they'll journey on They'll fold the fabric of their temporary housing provision gather their belongings and they will press on like asylum seekers entering a homeland that they can at last Call their own. That is a big deal. But Moses reminds them of something infinitely bigger. He reminds them that they have an enduring dwelling place in the sovereign, supreme, majestic God of verse 26, which far exceeds anything that the much anticipated land flowing with milk and honey can provide. And it's a timely reminder to the children of Israel who have and will have in particular an attachment, a powerful attachment to the land. In God, Moses is saying. In God's everlasting arms, refuge is assured. This is the ultimate dwelling place, not the rich soil of the Canaanite earth beneath their feet. But this is your assurance tonight. Isn't it remarkable? that we can draw assurance from the ancient book of Deuteronomy. Because we too, in the here and now, as God's people, are gently but firmly reminded of this great truth. Now, a lack of assurance can leave us feeling insecure. A A passage like this, however, If we're prepared to read it and reflect upon it, and indeed embrace it, we find that it's jam-packed with the heavenly language of absolute security for the doubting pilgrim. Grasp this tonight. The eternal God of heaven, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, is your eternal refuge. Your dwelling place. And here we're we're given every encouragement, aren't we, to trust in God alone, by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, and in nothing else. This is foundational for us tonight as we come to the Lord's Supper tomorrow. I don't know if any of you have been to the island of Iona. The island of Iona is, is for, for some a, a, a modern day pilgrim's promised land. The, 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 the Abbey is, is the ultimate tabernacle or, or, or it's the temple of this little island and a and powerful magnet uh, for contemporary Pilgrims. So it's it's, in many respects, it's become a sacred place of refuge for what's now called the Iona community. However, eternal refuge, our heavenly dwelling place, is found not in the sanctuary of of an ancient abbey or, or by standing next to a Celtic cross no, it is in God himself and what matters more than anything else tonight for each and every one of us is that we have a living personal relationship with this God through Jesus Christ that is crucial if we are to experience to know and be assured of this great truth in Deuteronomy thirty three twenty seven, And as we turn the pages of the Bible and as we enter the New Testament, we, we, we're given greater clarity on, on, on the eternal God of, of Deuteronomy 33. And as we alluded, we alluded to this a moment ago, he is, of course, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And in Christ, Jesus, he is our God and Heavenly Father who has in the words of Ephesians 1, we read these words at the outset of our service, he has blessed us in the heavenly realms, has he not, with every spiritual blessing in Christ. There are many, many passages that assure us tonight of our security in God and in God all. Be assured of this, the prophet Isaiah says in Isaiah 43. Fear not, God says to the prophet, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. These are great promises that you and I are given. Every encouragement to grasp and embrace and claim as our own. So that we too can reach that point, I hope, even now, and say, blessed assurance, I do believe that Jesus is mine and I am his. But secondly, I want us to see that Moses is emphasizing that Israel isn't just secure in God, but will also be sustained by God. Underneath are the everlasting arms. What a wonderful formula of words for us to contemplate. Because these words, as we say, by extension, apply to you and I tonight. Do you believe that? Underneath you and I are the everlasting arms of this eternal God. This is the language of absolute security. There is no need to fear Moses' sake. God's word is saying to you and I, to you and I tonight, should you falter and lose your footing, I will catch you. God sustains his people. The God who saves is the God who sustains. So that when you and I reach our lowest point, Lower still, Deuteronomy 33, 27, says, lower still are his everlasting arms. So that when you and I plunge into the depths of doubts or despondency even, deeper still, Deuteronomy 33, 27, says, are his everlasting arms. When you're down, The everlasting arms of sustaining grace. When you are lacking assurance and can no longer stand, this robust declaration of assurance stands firm. Put yourself, stand if you will, next to the children of Israel at this point, because there may well be. An underlying awareness of of insecurity. Perhaps it's been alluded to here. Some would have been feeling vulnerable. The constant movement, remember, from pillar to post. So unsettling for the Israelites. The imminent death of Moses a growing sense of apprehension, the fear of the unknown syndrome. You know, I once remember hearing a a Syrian asylum seeker and he was asked, what do you long for? And he says, he said, I no longer wish to feel scared. I just want a home, he said. A home that will provide me with security, and with stability, and with safety. God promises precisely all of the above to his people. Moses is concluding his address uh, to to Israel. He is about to die. And I suppose the question arises, how will Israel cope without their... God-appointed leader. But then Deuteronomy 33 and Deuteronomy 34 and Joshua 1 reminds us that Moses is not indispensable. Because whilst the security that the Israelites associate with with the arms of Moses over them, that security is about to be taken from them. But they will come to understand that underneath them are the everlasting arms of the God of Moses. I mentioned Joshua, and he's waiting in the wings, chapter 34, verse 9, God will shortly commission Joshua to, to continue the onward journey into the promised land. But as Joshua taps in, as he listens to this final blessing, he not take no small measure of encouragement from these words for himself. When we get to Joshua one five, God says to an apprehensive, anxious Joshua, just as I was with Moses. So I will be with you, Joshua. The very arms which sustain Moses and my people will sustain you. They are directly underneath you too, Joshua. And this is your personal promise tonight in Christ Jesus. Blessed assurance. No matter what your circumstances might be as you walk through that door tonight, it does not alter the matter. You are safe, you are secure in the arms of your heavenly Father. You are now, you will be in the darkness of this night and tomorrow and all your days. I remember as a child watching a circus on television, and I was absolutely terrified. I was watching a tightrope walker, and as he he was walking the tightrope, he began to lose his balance. And then the unthinkable happened. I'm watching the television screen as a child. And I close my eyes because at that point he plunges to the ground from a great height. The audience gasps. Everyone fears the worst. But of course he lands gently and softly on what is a barely visible safety net directly underneath him. Well, such is the Christian life. Moses is saying in as many words, we may sway and stagger and slip and stumble in the Christian life. And we do, but underneath are the, it is the safety net of our heavenly Father's everlasting arms. And it will never ever snap or fail to take the strain of the weight of your cares, your concerns, and your burdens, whatever they might be. And the integrity of this safety net cannot be questioned. This is every Christian's security. No matter what, this truth stands underneath are the everlasting arms. We sang the words, when I fear my faith will fail, Christ will hold me fast. Maybe you've experienced this kind of tightrope walk in the past your troubles and your difficulties and and life's challenges but you have come to understand for yourself in a very personal way that underneath are the everlasting arms of God tonight when you thought you had reached your lowest ebb when you thought the worst you turned the pages of the Bible you re-engaged you reconnected with God's Word, and there you are given every assurance that underneath where and are, and always will be, the ever, everlasting arms of your God and Father in heaven. And perhaps tonight, as you look ahead, maybe it's with some trepidation, and maybe you're asking, how will I manage, how will I cope, I have this insurmountable, issue to overcome in life. And maybe life in some respects has become a tight but God says look beneath you because underneath are my everlasting arms. You are safe, you are secure. No one Jesus (laughs) says in John 10. 28, 29, in particular, no one can snatch them out of my father's hands. There you are safe and secure, I say again. Remember when only one set of footprints was visible in the sand of his life that the, the pilgrim asks, where were you Lord back in, in, in that dark episode in the sands of my life and times when I see you only one set of footprints where were you and God of course whispers my precious my precious child I love you and will never ever leave you never ever during your tiles and testings, when you saw but one set of footprints, it was then that I carried you in my everlasting arms, all of which tonight bears testimony to the covenant faithfulness of our great God. A God who has promised that he will never leave you, that he will never forsake you. I could never keep my hold, we sang. He must hold me fast. And he will. And so I want to encourage you tonight to come to the Lord's table assured of this great truth from this ancient book, written long, long, long ago. And yet, these words are timely, timeless words of scripture that speak, perhaps into your circumstances tonight, assuring you and reassuring you that it is well with your soul. So much so that in verse 29, Moses says, blessed, happy are you, O Israel, who is like you, a people saved by the Lord, saved, shielded, safeguarded in his everlasting arms. they are given every assurance, too, that they will overcome their enemies. Remember giant despair and pilgrims, progress, the master of the doubting castle. Maybe that's where some of us find ourselves. But tonight we are told in uncertain terms that we need not linger any longer in this doubting castle giant despair has been silenced. God speaks and he reminds us that there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Because if God is for us then who can't be against us? Who is there to condemn? And we are in his arms. We are safe and secure. For Christ Jesus is the one who died, raised from the dead triumphant over the grave at the right hand of God as we speak, who intercedes for us. So who has the audacity to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus? Nobody the eternal God is our dwelling place. And again, we can't tire of hearing these words, can we? Underneath are the everlasting arms. So take encouragement tonight and come and delight in and celebrating the Lord's death until he comes and leave this place tonight with that felt sense of assurance that Jesus is indeed yours and you are his. Come tomorrow joy, the multiple (coughs) spiritual blessings that we avail ourselves of through the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Heavenly Father, we give thanks that you do give us through the fellowship of the gospel, our foretaste Praise you for the many promises that point to us to Christ Jesus. All of which are yes and amen and him. Promises that verse 27. Give us now to mull over these words and to give thanks for the security that is ours and through our Savior, Jesus Christ our Lord.